Welcome to the Turnaround Mindset Podcast with your hosts, behavioral economist and psychologist Phil Slade and successful business leader and accountant Adam Smith. In these unprecedented times, decisive and fearless leadership is critical to any business transformation. Each week, our hosts will unpack the tough and intimate questions we all face as professionals, offering no-nonsense business advice to those bold enough to think and act differently. Now, here are your hosts, Phil and Adam. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us today at The Turnaround Mindset, and welcome to part two of this very special podcast series dedicated to a single topic, thriving or failing at business, what makes the difference? Today, we are here to talk about principle two and principle three in how to successfully execute a business turnaround. In our last episode, we talked about making sense of the chaos. So this was based around those four pillars. One, clearly communicate the way forward. This is often through a written plan and bringing everyone in the business along for the journey, ensuring that everyone knows their role and how they will individually and collectively contribute to the turnaround. That's number one. Number two, establish clear timeframes, a sense of urgency, and build empathy for those that you are communicating with throughout the business. Three, be articulate about the overall strategy moving forward. And four, enable the management team to deliver and champion the change and give people enough detail so that they know what to do next. Mm, Yeah, look, so now that everyone fully understands the current state and they've committed to solving the issues needed for business survival, you know, this is where I would say, you know, the rubber really hits the road, Phil. You know, if you want to successfully execute the turnaround strategy, deliver against the written plan and, of course, change the momentum of the business, it's all about lifting the hood and getting into, well, what gets the accountant in me excited. (laughs) Delving into the numbers, the financial and operational performance of the business. So how do we do that? Well, that's what principle two is all about, improving transparency. There's something slightly disturbing about the inner accountant and you getting excited. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. There's a know. special help group for people like me. Don't worry. <laughs> the reality is, though, when we do talk about transparency, uh, we talk about all sorts of different types of transparency in organizations. You know, there's transparent decision rights, there's transparent opinions and transparent culture. All these things are good. Um, But as Ray Dalio explains in his wonderful book, Principles, these types of transparency can take a lot of time to instigate as they are closely linked to behavioral practices and they can be emotionally difficult for people to get used to. In his book, he talks about it being a three to five year period, and that's very, very much in line with with my personal experience about building a transparent culture. We're not talking about that today, though. In this section, we're talking about transparency of data. This is about getting the right data at the right time and making the right meaning out of that data to make better decisions. In particular, companies need to be transparent with their financial data. Mm, That's right, Phil. Look, it's vital that the leadership really understands the financial information. You know, when businesses fall on hard times, when the environment they operate in becomes volatile and unpredictable, companies more and more will need to take dramatic actions to generate rapid improvement in performance, or they do run the strong likelihood of going out of business completely. 
Now, in the short term, the turnaround leader will need to concentrate momentum around executing that form of no regret financial move for the business, you know, to free up working capital, reduce debt, reposition the business unit or company, and demonstrate momentum to the many onlookers who will, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, be monitoring every move that they make. Yeah, absolutely. Companies need to generate a fully transparent view of their true liquidity position. Mm. Nothing is more important to a successful turnaround than a deep understanding of the financial and operational performance data of the organization. Don't get me wrong, Phil, this is just as important to a business in a much more stable financial position. You know, if they're ever going to recognize their true market position or within a sector or industry and knowing where they can target future growth. Yeah, well, there's often a lot of fear associated with being transparent with financial mm. data, mm. right? Um, there are all sorts of myths and narratives about what employees might do. You know, don't show them the real story because then people will react in all sorts of weird ways, you know. Mm. And what, in my experience, most predictions are just irrational. They're rational fears that rarely fulfill their disastrous fantasies in, in any sense of reality. Transparency with your financial data immediately tells people you trust them. It highlights the problem areas and cuts out a lot of politics that thrive in this ambiguity, right? Mm. More importantly, it allows leaders to set meaningful targets with their teams and create the type of focus needed to turn things around. But the important thing here is that this is about putting a non-emotional element for decision-making in a highly emotive and sometimes complex scenario. It should strip the emotion out of the decision-making process, which makes it easier and less complex. Mm. Well, look, you know, when you're going through that data, you've, you've really got to put together a schedule of compulsory weekly and daily meetings of all of your operational as well as your non-operational teams. You know, it needs to be established pretty much from the start, you know, with a focus on what's needed to achieve targets and meet corporate key performance indicators. The purpose of these meetings, above all things, is to provide detailed performance information on each business unit and to examine and often re-examine lessons learned from successes and failures along the way. You know, these one-on-one meetings and group meetings you know, help to illustrate what controls need to be put in place immediately to help better manage costs and recognize inefficiencies in how work's currently delivered. And identify performance trends, you know, uh, an example of that type of control, you know, I've, it's a real favorite of mine, I have to admit, is exception reporting, you know, which through a review of the right data helps to identify when something doesn't quite look right on a project, mm. a program, product or service, you know, relating to the labor costs incurred, time build or effort build, or subcontractor costs that, you know, that may be above limits previously agreed. Mm, yeah, and the, so the turnaround leader, and let's not forget the turnaround leader could be a single person or it could be a group of yes. people, the executive team. Uh, we just call that team or that person the turnaround leader. So the turnaround leader should also seek out data that will help managers complete work on time, mm-hmm. facilitate honest discussions in those meetings, and encourage collaboration between departments. Yeah, absolutely. This approach... Uh, does require managers to think really carefully about their inputs and examine a greater number of what-if scenarios in order Mm. to develop a clear and accurate plan of action consistent with the turnaround strategy. So this level of attention ensures that the required changes penetrate every corner of the business. Mm, Absolutely. Look, it's important to recognise that gathering the right data can be 
pretty difficult initially. You know, whether you're a small or a large company, we're all guilty of this, you know, maintaining spreadsheets, Word files, etc., on our local drives, you know, on our laptops. And in a lot of cases, there is no central repository or intranet of relevant files. And let's not forget, you know, historical information now may not match what the existing business looks like. You know, as businesses grow, they set up new tax and financial structures and sort of looking back over information to sort of look what the benchmark might be or in a yardstick might be for data. It could become, you know, inconsistent and of no use, you know. Whilst it's important to increase the accountability and responsibility of the senior management team, what I've found is the best way to do this is to put a task force in place. You know, and this generally includes not only the senior management team, but sort of a group of SMEs that exist within the business. You know, for that first hundred days, you know, it's paramount in gathering, sifting and filtering through the reams of data that you're generally looking at. You know, knowing where to look understanding how to extract the relevant information and knowing what rocks to lift is so important when trying to generate a transparent picture of the business itself. Mm, Yeah. And so we often talk about this podcast, we're wanting to help ask the difficult questions. And Mm. the difficult question here is, what is your true financial position? Mm. You know, you often present a a, a beautiful face to clients to, you're trying to keep staff motivated uh, and you often present a hyper version of the true reality. The opposite can happen as well, right? Mm. Where leaders actually think, you know, uh, the, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and people look at the data and goes, well, it doesn't look that bad. Like there's, there's a, there is a, uh, uh, an honesty and authenticity that has to come with looking at this data and be able to make a transparent meaning out of that data. You've got mm. to say, What's the true liquidity position of the company and not take it as a personal failing if it's dying, right? You know, as people, it's not reflected on you. This is all about the company. It's not about you, uh, which relates back to one of our earlier podcasts on ego. And you mm. can, if you haven't listened to that one, I, I strongly suggest uh, that you do listen to that as well. As a turnaround leader, you, if you've done this well, you've helped contain the bleeding, mm. right? The, the life signs uh, are ready to be worked on. You, the, you've stopped the spill. It's time to turn your attention to the rehabilitation of the body. <laughs> I like right? that. This means developing up uh, a balance sheet, uh, P&L and cash flow statement for the next three to six months as part of the future state uh, and looking at uh, the roadmap and the implementation of plan going forward. Right. Mm. That's, that's what rehabilitation of the body starts to look like. That's yeah, where no. you start. Look, combined with the right data field, the turnaround leader will start to move transparency focus to measures to increase revenue, mm-hmm. simplify its service offering, and implement more sustainable improvements. Yeah. Now, one of the things about a set of financial um, sort of statements, it, it shows the what, you know, it doesn't show the how, you yeah. know. So there's a lot of information that does need to be gathered. By the time you're at a point where you know what key drivers need to be focused on, you put your P&L, your cash flow together, you can start to look in again and say, how do we actually get better at what we do with our mm. management mm. processes mm. and our operational processes? Mm. Yeah. And I think that segues really nicely into principle three. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely so enough. We've made sense of the chaos. We've improved the financial and operational transparency. Let's talk about principle three, which is creating a responsible and accountable culture. Yeah, I love this uh, one. This is, you know, if the last one was got your accountant excited, this oh, one gets my psychologist excited, right? Yeah. This whole idea of creating responsible and accountable cultures, mm-hmm. right? This is not just about 
a decision register which you you hold people you know and people sign up and, and people are running around with fear this is about people wanting to take the responsibility for themselves and mm. being accountable themselves mm. not just about being held accountable uh, and that's the culture mm. of accountability and responsibility right but to do this you like you do need to win the, the trust of all the staff mm. not just the management uh, and this means empowering people to believe in themselves and fostering a sense of confidence that they have the support from management in a way, the protection mm, from management and the broader team to deliver, right? If the turnaround is successful but the culture isn't fixed, the business will end up in the same position again. Yeah, Mr. No. I just want to say that again. If the turnaround is successful but the culture isn't fixed, the business will end up in the same position Again, Yeah, look, I've encountered that in my own career where I've worked with a couple of organisations where they didn't get the culture right mm. and within a period of 18 months I was actually back in there again and mm. sort of unpacking the mess that had occurred since I was there the previous time. You know, mm. the turnaround leader must ensure that expectations about meeting targets and completing high-quality work are explicitly communicated across the business, you know, tracking progress against a written plan and, of course, the overall turnaround strategy. That's right. And so that, that sort of goes back to principle one, that if you don't do that right, you're going to get problems here. Mm. You've got to have that. This is an order, principle one, two, and three. It's not just that you can go ad hoc. You've got to have those early principles uh, ironed out. Yeah. And then once you've sort of got to this point and established the structures that allow people to collaborate, mm -hmm. you know, harmoniously is, is the best type of collaboration, but collaborate and hopefully harmoniously, all managers need to empower their teams to initiate um, the actions that will improve the company's financial or strategic position. You know, mm -hmm. it's not about writing papers and soaps. It's about what, the, what are the actions that you're going to do and how do you track those actions? Yep. So to do this, um, turnaround leader must start with an assessment of the vision statement and determine if it's if, if it's still relevant mm. to inspire the cultural change that, that you're trying to drive through. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're trying to reshape an organisation. So, you know, conducting regular one-on-one -on -one meetings to hear the perspectives and the problems encountered, you know, across the team, it's a real key building block in sort of implementing a successful change management plan. You know, the turnaround leader, they've really got to empower management to set the pace of change and manage the improvement of performance at the front line. And it can feel weird in that moment, right, to go, we need to know what the actions that we need to do. So let's start with the vision statement, right? It feels like they're, they're, they're disconnected. You know, one is something that, that is done at a high level and quite can be quite divorced from the everyday doing a business yep. so what what we're talking about here is making sure that that vision is easily translated to people on the ground for their actions if there isn't that translation bit if the vision isn't seen as directly feeding into the actions of people on the ground you you need to change it mm. you either need to change people's actions or you need to change the vision so that there is a clear it's a clear driver of behavior not just a a, a, a slew of puffy statements that sit on the wall yep. you know but in summary don't underestimate the power of a responsible and accountable culture. If you've clearly communicated the plan for the future, if you've identified what the financial and operational problems are and you've put decision-making powers in the hands of a greater number of people, the shift in mindset that will occur across the business is truly remarkable. Mm, mm. Um, Trust your people. People will operate with a greater sense of ownership. They'll show pride again for the company they work for. And most likely, 
they will put their hand up to be involved in solving the business problems because mm. they understand where they and the business is going. Mm. This is about drawing on the collective genius that you've got there, right? And most importantly, don't forget to recognize and celebrate milestones along the way to recovery. Mm. Sometimes you get so task-focused and you get so exhausted that the idea of celebrating just feels like I haven't got any energy to do it and you underestimate the importance of celebrating when you're in that exhausted state, right? These positive moments really work though to solidify people's perceptions that they can do it yep. and they will generally give employees the fuel needed to keep going down this path. Mm, oh, I love that, Phil. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of this week's podcast episode. But don't be discouraged, we will be back next week with part three of this very special podcast series focused on principle four and five, thriving or failing at business, what makes the difference? Phil, I did want to finish up with a quote from Winston Churchill that I I really feel sums up a lot of what we've been talking about today, as well as for all businesses that may be going through some hard times. Mm. Success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. See you next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Turnaround Mindset Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes, Google or Spotify, hit subscribe and share the podcast with someone you think would benefit from it. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating. To download this episode and access other relevant content, please visit our website, www.theturnaroundmindset.com. Join us next week for another Turnaround Mindset episode. And remember, the only way it gets better for you is when you get better.